Hello, and welcome to Scuttlebutt. Join us as we review war films from the early days of film to today. We are a group of three independent filmmakers, each with diverse backgrounds. I'm Brian. I'm Peter. I'm Nathan. And today, we're looking at We Were Soldiers, a 2002 film which depicts the Battle of Ladrang, the first major battle fought during the Vietnam War in the fall of 1965. Nathan, what did you think of the film? <laughs> Just throw it right off to me. All right. Um... Oh God! He caught me off guard now. Um, no, the uh, the 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 I it's it's hard because this this film is nostalgia for me. I was 12 years old when it came out. Um, I definitely watched it when I shouldn't have. I was like probably 12 or 13 years old and watching people get blown apart. So that was you know <laughs> hindsight probably not very good. But um, I mean I I I have a huge nostalgia thing for this movie and it's just like it's it's hard because. Uh, uh it's such a fantastic um for me i i would have to say it's it's a fantastic uh example of a perfect blend of like cg and practical effects also with really good um filmatography of battle scenes and battle setup um they do a really good job of cutting stuff around but um I, the, the only thing about this movie that it's really it really pulls me out it's the home front aspect and i get the whole reason um but i could i'll go into that later but uh this 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 movie is pretty pretty good has a huge nostalgia thing for me i think um i, I yeah i guess that that'd be my thing um but we can we can bounce it around and and uh and talk a little bit more about it and we can bounce off so uh peter i guess i'll hand off to you so I was, Nathan, you said you were 12 when it came out. I would have been probably one years old. <laughs> I, was born, I was born in 1999. I'm 21 years old now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a young man. You can drink. You yeah, said I can drink it out now. loud, and now I, I feel myself it, I aging, man. That's <laughs> harsh. Oh, my God. I've seen it many, many, many times. I, Mel Gibson is is one of my favorite actors from around that time period. Um, I have my gripes with war movies in general. Uh, I tend to look at older. I, I tend to like older war movies better. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, it, it you know I, it does like Nathan said have a lot of a lot of nostalgia and has a, it has a good place in my heart. Um, I thought the acting was good. Like I said, Mel Gibson is a fantastic actor. Um, I just think uh, with with that event that took place, I think that Hollywood kind of over-dramatizes it a little bit. I think they did a good job, this movie in particular did a good job, of, of portraying the events chronologically as they happen, which I think is, is good. I understand that Hollywood kind of has an obligation to, you know, meet the standards of the industry and, and you know to make the fans and the and the people who are going to be seeing the movie happy because not everyone is interested in history. So, I I still thought I still thought it was a very good movie and you know, like I said, yeah, it's it's, it's very nostalgic for me. So, uh, what about you, Brian? Well, it's funny cuz I'm right in the middle of you guys, you know, born 94. And again, I probably to a lot of the listeners, you know, we sound young as fuck. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh interesting because I remember this film just being played on TNT like oh my god yeah, you're absolutely right you know? it was always it, it on was, tnt yeah. and just growing up like this was the vietnam war film because they they couldn't play platoon or like apocalypse they could but they just had to be so neutered from the put it on tv you know it would be like oh beginning boat ride ending. you know and it's a, and, and also this film not not to interrupt you brian but also that that platoon and and apocalypse now they're long we Were Soldiers is not that long in comparison. Yeah, I think it's like an, probably an hour and a half. Yeah, than that. I think so. Yeah, true. It, it wasn't, it was not long as I remember, but again, what, you know, it's funny to stream movies without ads because you're like, wow, right. like, when I was a kid, this is three hours, but you know, <laughs> without the Dawn commercials, like, oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> but um, no, it's funny. So like this kind of set the standard for me, you know, growing up for like a Vietnam War film. And again, because they played it so many times. And uh, it's just, I always viewed it as a uh, middle-of-the-road Vietnam film. And uh, coming back to it now, I kind of still agree with that, you know. Um, but there's a, it holds up, but it doesn't hold up as much as it, you know, as it used to in my mind. It's, 
it's funny there's a lot of the fighting and things and uh before we really get into that though i mean peter it's funny that you say that this movie was over dramatized in a way like hollywooded up mm-hmm. because uh the guy that directed it um randall wallace so he read the book we were soldiers by hal moore or we were soldiers and young ones it's like a, you know it's kind of like the title of uh dr strangelove you know right. it's just like how we learned to love the ball it's like oh it's so long but anyway um he read that book and in the book um colonel moore talks about how uh hollywood never got right and that kind of pissed off the director and he was like really so that <laughs> pushed him to kind of get the movie right like he wanted to do practical effects and he wanted to like go as far as he could correctly to get the film made and um you know i don't i think he started out with good goal kind of like fury you know it's like they they really wanted to make show the mud and the blood of war but you mm-hmm. know, it's the end product's close but it's not the real thing in an interview hal moore did actually say at one point like thousand years after the film came out like yeah they got they got it right but i don't know if that was just to appease the you know director or whatever because and in total honesty there's no war film that's ever gotten it right you know oh of course i, I not. mean and even you know it's it's a silly sentiment to say because we're all reenactors you know we've reenacted a lot and um we've got we've had a lot of experiences that are close to wartime in whatever way you know sleeping in muddy trenches or a million different aspects of life on the front but you really don't understand combat unless you partake in it you know for any war and um it's just interesting how you know hollywood always tries to portray war in in different ways and quote get it right but they they always miss the mark you know you you really you got to be there to to know what happens and the only good war films are uh combat reels (laughs) you know (laughs) combat cameramen that were there you know i mean there's some very famous ones from from every single war and people especially and people's heads aren't normally getting blown off in those so they kind of have to you know (laughs) true <laughs> yeah you know it's like i i think the the best footage that you really talk, i mean again we grew up in a perpetual war with afghanistan and iraq but um you know vietnam war um newsreels like the nightly news especially like the footage from way you know where they have show u.s marines clearing buildings and stuff and it's like that's real war because it is real war but trying to like emulate that with film it's just you can get close but no one has ever yet to cross that threshold. But anyway, it's just um, ditching though that it's reiterate, Peter, that you, you bring that up. And literally it's like, that was the motivation for the director. And in your eyes, obviously he fell short. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I wouldn't say that he fell short. I just, you know, and like you said, I mean, you're never going to get the real thing ever. It's always going to be, you're going to look at combat footage and you go, wow, that's way different that, than what the, because, you know, war is, sitting around for hours and waiting for a buildup and then something just drastic happens and then you kind of just rinse and repeat at that point so and it's hard to be able to express that in film because you know you're trying to meet a certain amount of screen time and you're trying to still tell a story and you want the story to be exciting and you want it to you know the audience to relate to it and unfortunately not the the average person hasn't experienced war so you know you kind of have this warped impression of what war is actually like but you know i think the message that they're trying to deliver is good and i think that the the battle of la drang is a really important story during the vietnam war that people should know about and i think that prompting it with a movie like this is is a a good thing so it's a good it's a good it's a good introduction to to get to know your history um for sure to to bounce off of that like um like, like I said before, that this movie holds a lot of nostalgia to me because it, it reminds me of watching a movie probably when I shouldn't, like I said, and and and, and watching like that that Mel Gibson film where it's just like constant, you know what I mean? And and that was something that um, you know it's funny um, to just to bounce off this. It's like just to compare it to um, what was you know the only the only thing close to this kind of like you know budget and or you know um, uh, I guess like uh it like 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 the, the same amount of magnitude to have something in film like this would have been save, uh saving private ryan mm-hmm. which came out three years prior to this and i was actually looking it up that uh they were two uh the budget for spr was 70 million and the budget for we were soldiers is 72 million and that was just 
that was very kind wow. of like wow okay yeah. and it's like but but then i thought about it and i'm like well that makes sense because it's like you know they had real freaking planes flying through dropping like napalm napalm uh, oh, yeah. uh canisters and or if they weren't it was very well cg'd in for the canister part but those planes are real dive bombing through the napalm and because you have those um really really cool um that was the thing that this movie really stood out to me was all the practical effects um i know we had ty talked about that but um you know seeing seeing napalm you know exploding or, or you know quotation napalm exploding which is just michael bay gas cancers pretty much yeah but, but the fact <laughs> that the, the planes were going through and like the they swirl man like that was so fucking cool and then watching like you know some guy just getting exploded by like a 20 millimeter shell off of a plane or whatever the fuck, i can't remember the caliber of those planes but it's like you like know 50, the, 50 sky raiders yeah it just like the, like watching guys just like guy. like just explode into pieces the, and like, yeah, like the that. broken arrow scene mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and um <laughs> there's just a lot of stuff in that movie that really stood out and i i i think it's because i i i my my background's more visual effects than cg so i i i, I have an eye for when something is horrendously cg'd or or mm-hmm. horrendously overdone and so that's the stuff that really draws me and, and watching this movie again after probably almost being like eight ten years um the practical effects blow me away, man. Like there's some you just don't see anymore in um, other movies. Like you know, Fury. We all have our qualms about Fury, but, but yeah. you know, it's like <laughs> it's like you know they 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 tried to go this very ambitious route, and a, a lot of Fury is is CG. And watching, like just watching the practical effects play out, even in slow motion. It, it it they do a really good job of nailing that um that last scene where uh, they're all charging up the hill and it, and it's like you know guys are getting riddled by the Huey it's like I was I, I was freeze framing it trying to see where I could see the CG because normally I can spot it like you know like that and I couldn't see it really and it was can. just like I was like they really do about do a job and 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 kind of cycling back onto the CG stuff that movie holds up really well for it being. Uh, what is it now? Almost twenty years, twenty, yeah, twenty year old movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's Peter uh, basically. Yeah, in age. yeah, it's Peter. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole Peter. Um, <laughs> One Peter I mean, like, age unit. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's just very interesting to see the CG. Like now, there's some now there's some shots like when the planes are taking off of the off of the carriers. Um, some of the Huey shots are very obviously CG, but having those practical Huey shots in there are really really good and and. All of the, the um, all of the pyrotechnics and all of the um, the uh, squibs and trees and stuff like most of that's real. Um, where the CG comes in, I think, is more of like the, like the occasional tracer. Um, but you know, all the flares are real. All the lighting is real. Um, that's just really really cool, and that's something you just don't get in that level of magnitude anymore. Um, so that was what. I, you know, like I said, I I think that's what made me gravitate a lot to this movie and kind of keep it close, um, it's, to my heart in that sense because it's just such a well done practical movie, like SPR and and all that stuff where it had a lot of a lot of practical stuff as well. It's funny that you bring up SPR because they were made in the same you know within like three years time, of each like, other, three yeah, or four well, years I think, of each other. Yeah. I think SPR was ninety eight. 99, yeah, 90, you know, I think it was 97. 97? So, yeah, so five-year gap? Yeah. Wow. That shocks so many people. Like, like even my father and my grandfather went. My grandfather was a civic vet during the Second World War. And, uh, you know, he didn't mind the beginning. But, like, so many people, you know, weren't expecting, you know, the horror of Omaha. And then, bam, there it is. In a similar token, you know, this is really the first, I wouldn't say family-friendly, but it was, like, the first Vietnam War film in forever. You know, there wasn't a lot in the 90s. You have the 80s films of Platoon, Apocalypse Now, Hamburger Hill. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's, 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 it's the first Vietnam War past 95. And a lot, yeah, and yeah. It, the Casualties of War was 80s too, but that's, that's another story. I mean, Hamburger Hill was what, 87? 80, 87. 87, right? yeah. yeah. Great that, film. That was probably yeah. the, last, the last big one, really. Yeah, you know, so it's you have this latency period of just like 15 years and then you have another film and it's as ambitious as SPR is, but you know, for the Vietnam conflict. Oh and, yeah. And uh it's 
it's just very interesting, you know, to, to compare the two. It, it is the Vietnam War SPR in a way. And it does still stand up to that standard because another movie that was fucking played all the time on TNT was SPR. You know, yeah. the four hour version that's got like two hours of ads. Memorial Day, 24 hours. Yes. Yeah. Well, when, when AMC and TCM and yeah. like Spike, well, my God, I'm dating myself now. Spike channel, you know. Oh, God. They used yeah, to play all the. I know that was like Paramount or something. Yeah, but they used to play all the war films. Like it was SPR. We were, so, you know, all that stuff. Um, but not to burst your bubble, Nathan. Uh, so all of the planes that were used in this film, the A sixes or all, all the bombing scenes of Napalm, weren't real. They were taken from another film that was filmed in the nineties because those planes they had like they couldn't find any in the world that were still flying. So all those scenes were like flying through smoke and all the, the bombings are actually from another movie they filmed like 10 years before. No way. Yeah. I did I'll, not I'll know that. find it for your stuff. Yeah. And that's why it would make sense that you're like, oh, the CGI have been taking off the ships. Well, because it had to be because they had no Because they had, oh my of, God, that yeah. makes sense now. Okay. So then they, but then they, because well, I know, because I know when like, when the napalm was exploding, I, I obviously knew the guys aren't in the napalm. Like that's obviously CG, <laughs> but I but I meant like but I meant like be. I meant like you know like 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 Fury. It's like any big explosion is a CG thing, you know. Like almost none of it's you know that kind of stuff. But that blows my mind. Why did I? I think I knew that in the back of my head because when you said that, I'm like, why do I remember that? Man, oh wow. Yeah. What movie was that from then? Oh, I have to look it up. I was. It must uh, have been Paramount the, then, uh, because Paramount isn't isn't We Were Soldiers Paramount? Isn't that? I believe it was Paramount. Yeah, yeah. The, it must have been owned by Paramount because that's the only <laughs> which is now the Spike it. Channel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, damn. Okay, well that makes sense then, because yeah, because um, there were, yeah, yeah. Well, you just blew my mind a little bit and burst my bubble. Thank you. One thing I did <laughs> kind of want to touch on a little bit. Um, I mean, oh, I'm not. Oh, I'm not done. I, I have. Oh, I have you? My, okay. I have, yeah, yeah. I, I keep have, going. Oh God. I, well, I have. Going, I have my. Going. I'm going to save it. I'm going to let you bounce Here off. Here comes the shoehorn. But, but I, I, I have my <laughs> negative things about this movie, and I oh, will yeah. dish well, them out. But just to uh, get this thought done, the A6 intruder footage was originally shot for Flight of the Intruder, 1991. This was necessary because the A6 the had fuck? been retired several years before this film was made. Uh, and what? so none were available to use in the movie. I would have thought there'd be some like discrepancies with like the types of cameras they were using, or even just oh, like, got the lighting or anything. I guess they just went all out. That's really interesting. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I mean, uh, what, primarily what I like to focus on in a in a in a movie is you know I think that CGI and effects are great, but you know. You can make a war movie, but you could end up making per, you know, Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor. Like it's not everyone's gonna think like, oh, those explosions were cool, but what what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> like, well, like that was terrible. Well, like, well, like, well, like, yeah. it, like, like if you watch Pearl Harbor now, the CGI makes you just turn inside out. Yeah, I mean, it's terrible, like, and it's only like a what a year, two years. Oh one, before I think. that. Oh one, so it's a year before that, and the CG's terrible. I I, I and, can't even um, watch that movie. It's ugh. So yeah, Peter, just to you know, build on that point, I think it was Act of Valor that came out a few years ago about the Navy SEALs um, uh, like fighting against a terror group. I, I might be getting that wrong. Was it... But, uh, active, I don't think I've heard of that now. Really? It was a pretty big... Yeah, 2012 came out, and it's about Navy SEALs. Like It's basically made by the Navy Department to recruit people into Navy SEALs. Gotcha. But, um, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and they're, they're, it's like, you know, Navy SEALs hunting. It's just Navy SEALs doing Navy SEAL stuff. But they didn't have, like, real actors. They use like, real Navy SEALs. So the acting is terrible. Yeah. The combat scenes are great, you know, because it's like Navy SEALs doing what what they do, you know. But when it comes to the acting, there's, like, a horrible beach party scene where, like, they're on the beach and they're talking about stuff. And they're like, pass me a hot dog, Jeff. <laughs> it's like, sure, buddy. And it's like, you can tell. It's just like. There's yeah. a guy in the background just like, you know, eating his fist. He's like fucking just at like, ah, be nonchalant. But yeah, you know, props don't make movies. You, you need a story. You know, the script is the bedrock of everything. Oh, you for know? sure. And um, that's really what's got to carry it along. Even the, the worst, you know, cheap movies or shorts out there are good because they just have very strong narratives. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I, you know, what I thought was most interesting about 
we were soldiers is Mel Gibson at the time actually was uh, jumping back and forth between sets on Signs, which Signs is like one of my all-time hmm. favorite movies. Um, I think it, Signs was released in 2002. They started filming in 2000. So, um, And from from what I've heard from actors who have worked with M. Night Shyamalan, who directed Signs, is that he's a very emotional person, and he really does express that in his narratives. Like, The Sixth Sense, like, it, they're, they're, they're great stories. And I think that while Mel Gibson was, you know, making signs with M. Night Shyamalan and going back to We Were Soldiers, I think that a lot of that emotion that he experienced on the set of signs reflected positively on the set of We Were Soldiers, which which is why I think he did so well. And, you know, with that, you know, with that being said, the story, uh, you know, of the Battle of you know, the Battle of La Durang, I think that the story written around that was was pretty strong. I think that you know that being like, you know, what was it the first, you know, major battle, American battle of the Vietnam War. So you know, there's 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 got to be some some emotion behind that. So good point. Yeah. You know, in and in, in sorry, Nathan. Nothing. You know, in um, in America too, the Vietnam War is so decisive. Even till today, I mean, it's kind of after the Ken Burns documentary and things. I feel like, you know temperatures cooled down but you know every single movie about the vietnam war i would even say except for we were soldiers has a negative view of the conflict you know platoon not to rename all the films we talked about earlier but like hamburger hill apocalypse now it's all like a negative context for the war you know which is a, a very realistic one but we were soldiers is kind of takes a different step because you get the home front in it you know and it's kind of an interesting way to, to look at it you know, not from just a, like, you are a country, oh, buck up or you're going to die. It's like, yeah. oh, we're at home and then we're going to this war. And then because it's the first battle, so it's interesting buildup. You know, it, it's the best that they could have done um, instead of just being like, you know, here's the first cab in Vietnam, doing Vietnam, and then they're going to go, you know, attack a hill. So it, it, I see what you mean about that emotion, you know. Mm -hmm. And it, it's really one of the only films where you have that with Vietnam, where it's not just you're hitting it the whole time. You know, and it's like, oh, everything's horrible and it's only getting worse. And then, you know, oh, you died. So it's this interesting viewpoint. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's certainly controversy surrounding the Vietnam War. I mean, I know there were, you know, you think that there were World War II movies that were made during World War II, but there were no Vietnam movies that were made during Vietnam, especially towards the end, because no one wanted to talk about it, especially into the 1970s. And nobody wanted to just address the fact that, oh, they were like, oh, shit, that happened. And well, you know, you get a lot of interesting like short films and counterculture films in the early seventies, early sixties that like star Vietnam vets. Oh, There's yeah. a really good one called Vanishing Point, and it's about this Vietnam vet that's like just got home and he's driving across the country like on a heroin um, sale. He's like you know twenty four hours to drive from New York to San Fran to drop off his heroin, and he's being chased by cops the whole time. And it's just right. like an interesting look into that you know era. And, uh, you know, so even with Taxi Driver, too, you get. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was literally about to say Taxi yeah. Driver. <laughs> you, you have, like, again, you know, a Vietnam vet. It's, so you don't have movies about Vietnam, but you have movies about, like, the, the effects of it, yeah. you know? And just, like, the in American culture or, you know, the culture of the United States at the time. There was a lot of documentaries, too, that would, at the time, they would talk a lot about, um, you know, like the drug use and the things that, you know, the vets brought back with them that, that weren't so good. I think the only real show that touched on it, well, there's a bunch at the time, but um, All in the Family, you know, they had the dichotomy with Archie, Buncher, uh, Archie Bunker and, uh, you know, the um, the son-in-law, you know, he was a conservative and then the son was a liberal and they would talk about Vietnam all the time. And it's like you could go watch ABC News about, you know, the Marines at way and then change the channel and watch about a family sitcom talking about the war too. So, you know, everybody really just... They were only talking about the negative aspects of it and the horror. Nobody wanted to emulate yeah. that. So you just have this, you know, I think Platoon probably was or had to be Apocalypse Now because Apocalypse Now was 79. It was 79, yeah. Yeah, so that's like the first time that you have a Vietnam on film. Oh, yeah. You, you, got, just, you got in at the right time, too, because I mean, it was such a brilliant. Not only was it just like the whole movie was an analogy for Heart of Darkness, but I mean, it was just such a brilliant take on just the war genre in general because that's like the movie i don't even consider it to be a war movie i think it's more than that 
you know. Have you seen Gure, The Wrath of God by Warner Herzog? I have not, no. That movie heavily inspired uh, Coppola in filming and how he shot um, Apocalypse Now. And really? It's a very amazing, very vivid film. And it's um, it's one of Werner Herzog's first films. And it's about this group of conquistadors that's looking for El Dorado. And they are climbing through the Andes. And they it start the movie starts with them climbing out of the Andes and going into the Amazon. And the Amazon at that time, it was the late 1500s. It was like unknown to the whole world. And it's just about like this group of Spaniards going insane in the world's biggest rainforest. And um, it's be, very vivid. Out. It's on Amazon for free. Do it. Anybody who hasn't seen it is listening to this. Agure, The Wrath of God. Definitely worth a watch. Um, it's a low-budget film from the 70s, but it's fascinating. All practical, filmed on site in Peru. Just spectacular. And when you watch it, you see how like the shots in Apocalypse Now and just like the vividness, uh, especially like the colors, you know, because you have like the lush jungle and then like the brown, you know, Amazon River. That's kind of emulated by Coppola in Apocalypse Now. Like for me, I especially see it when they have the scene where they're going through the town and there's all the fighting going on. And so that's when they meet up with the first calf, the other, just before the whole air assault that everybody's seen ever. And mm-hmm. um, you have like the burning villages and you have the red clay of the soil and it's just like this very you know bright just shot you know and you have the green the lushness of the jungle and it's just like it's it's they're muted colors but they're just vivid and that's like exactly what you see in Aguri the Wrath of God just like the exact same style filming but um I will definitely Anna, check that out then yeah that's awesome highly highly recommend it yeah it's it's very good you know a lot of Werner Herzog stuff is great you know Especially these documentaries, you know. But you know, um, speaks just bouncing off of that, Brian. Just to, to pull it back to we were soldiers in the sense of take it back now, the, yo. The 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 the, the filming location they they filmed in uh, Georgia and California, which is fairly mm. noticeable. I feel like um, because it's it didn't a very, seem very tropical to me. Well, it's very tropical, but but which I believe that's like um, like when the, the the squad gets cut off. I believe that's Georgia. But, like, if you look at the landing zone areas, that's all California. And especially when the fucking French get ambushed in the beginning, that's California oh. to a T. Um, I hate that scene. <laughs> yeah. Why, I, why I, is, I felt that. I well, thought it was kind of unnecessary. Why? Just to bitch slap the French or, like, what? <laughs> well, let's let's let Nathan finish his comment and then. Well, like, well, like. I like, got a lot in, to say. In terms. It, well, to, well, to bounce off your comment about, like, the red. We'll, we'll go in the negatives right after this. How about that? Because we'll, we'll, we, we got we got to keep it going. But 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 to, to we'll go off negatives off of this. But the thing that, you know, kind of you, you had mentioned about, like, the, you know, the red clay and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and stuff that I saw, it's seen, I've seen in Hamburger Hill and stuff like that, like that stuff was filmed on location, if not close to that location of the world. Um, at least I think so, unless they really did a good job, not, you know, fooling me. But that was the one thing that about we were soldiers that really kind of, I always kind of look at, it's like, it looks too much like California. Um, and that was just my little, like more like desert California. Um, especially like the Creek bed and stuff like that. But, but like, you know, um, all in all, I I think they do a very good job, you know, showing that the landing zone is like the hub, and that and especially like the termite mound. That's also <laughs> you know the the cool little area. Um, but like it's 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 I think they do a very good job, even though it do, it does look like California, it does look like a, you know the United States. I think they do a very good job of like representing like the landing zone is like the lifeline. And that and that landing zone does look like that area uh, to a certain extent. I think that they actually did take like a valley in California and plant a bunch of shrubs because I was reading a bit about it and they like they couldn't find an accurate place to film it. So that would make sense. It. it also yeah. it also supports Peter's um, uh, fact about switching in between signs and that because that would make sense because you know international travel <laughs> yeah. would have been a bitch well not oh, covid yeah. but yeah well no no not covid yeah but but like but like international travel like you know even in 2001 while they're filming it would be kind of a bitch if you had to go from like vietnam to fucking like you know the, like south dakota where the hell signs was filmed i don't even remember I, I, the well signs was set in 
It was set in Pennsylvania, and I believe they actually did film it in Pennsylvania. What? Yeah, set in Pennsylvania. That would yeah. make sense. That makes Bucks, sense. Bucks County, I haven't, Pennsylvania. I also, I also, I also haven't. <laughs> I, I also haven't seen Signs since I think it came out, and I watched it on a tiny little TV in someone's sailboat because I'm from a sailing town, oh, and really? I was the only way I could watch it was on a tiny TV because I'm a big scaredy cat with horror movies and it, it felt too much like a horror movie to me, me. and I, I was like nope 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 I haven't <laughs> watched it since then it's on Amazon right now I should really face my fears everybody uh, hates the if, ending if, if but... everyone tells me to watch it if, if people want to tell me to watch it I'll, I'll watch it watch it I haven't, sure. I, haven't Peter, I haven't watched it in like 20 some years <laughs> Peter just loves it so much he's like has water bottles over his house and yeah I gotta, I gotta I gotta be room. prepared yeah, I remember like, the water bottles <laughs> I remember like the 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 the, the fucking tinfoil hats the only the only scary part i think for me i don't know because it gets a bad rap um that's that's a movie we could talk about another day but it's not really a war film but um the scene like in the movie where they have the recording from the birthday party oh oh yeah that was really cool because it's i mean say what we will and what peter was like what a fetus I was a <laughs> well. It came out in two thousand one, so what I was older than I was about to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what I, what, I, what I, stage I, was? I, was well, just, the, I think it's just like I think I the fact that it's such a <laughs> like catastrophic global event, but it only centers around this one tiny family on a little farm in the middle of nowhere. And I mean, you could even I mean, you know, we were, and we were soldiers is kind of the complete opposite. You've got this massive historical event that's very that encompasses isolated. that's that's but that's very isolated and it's yeah. in the middle of the jungle in the middle of nowhere that a lot of these guys didn't even know where this place was. Like they were like, What the hell's Vietnam? I'm sure. Like, you know I'm sure they were all briefed on, on it, but you know, a lot before that, like who knows? You know, any big event is personal to you because it's how you experienced it. You yeah. Know? So that's kind of an interesting point, and not to talk about science. Well, not nine eleven. Peter wasn't even fucking conscious at that <laughs> point. <laughs> no, he was. Yeah, I was. I was. T- I was born in nineteen ninety nine, so I would have been two. Yeah, two. Yeah, I was Three. twelve or oh, one. Geez. No, sorry, I was eleven at that point. So you yeah, old so like, it, yeah. But you know, everything, every major event is personal to the person going through it because it's just how they experience it. You know, like every Vietnam War experience is different from the last because everyone has their own personal war that they had to fight you know so it, it's interesting to, to take a big event like that and then like you know make it so personal and to touch on this with we were soldiers you have galloway you know this reporter guy blah 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 shooting the war and then all of a sudden he's in the war you know and especially because it's the first conflict a real big battle in the conflict you know it's up to that point fighting like this hadn't been seen so you know, war is personal to everyone, and it's just what they take away from it, from what they experience, you know, and that's their version of the war. Because you'll have Vietnam vets, like, I've met tons of them through just my history, you know, reenacting, whatever. And, um, you know, they all say that, you know, oh, we never wore our jungle jackets like that. We did it like this. And it's like, well, that's because he was there in 66 and you were there in 70. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> like that you, you, your war is your own experience that you brought home with you. You know, like even with the the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, a guy that was in Baghdad in 03 liberating the city had a much different experience than a guy there in 07 fighting, um, you know, one of the uh, in the actual civil war, you know, one of the surges or whatever compared to like, you know, I have friends that were in Afghanistan in 01 compared to friends that were there in 2015. You know, it's just it's your war, your personalization of your experiences. Yeah. You know? And even so. and, and with that said, I mean. You got you have different time periods, and obviously war changes very rapidly. But I mean, you have even the person's own individual interpretation. Like J.R.R. Tolkien in in World War One, like you think like that guy, the the war inspired him to write, you know, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings and this whole you know series of books. Like it's like that guy must have just been in his own like just universe, just you know, thinking up of all these ideas. And it's like you got to think of what some of these other guys like up into Vietnam and, and, and beyond that, what they were thinking, like, and what I, what ideas and whether positive or negative they took away from all those experiences. Well, we all, you know, deal with trauma differently. I, like yeah. I know that, um, the book, a catcher in a rye was written in a foxhole during the second world war. The writer, like literally like was freezing did, to death yeah. in the battle of the bulge. And like, he was writing in his head and that was his escape. 
you know, to get away from this horrible thing I'm experiencing. Like, I'm going to write a book. Yeah. Like this, what keeps you sane in times of crisis? You know, and actually to touch on a few of the things we've been talking about, 9-11, I guess. Um, one of the lieutenants that was at Ledrang, and he's in a lot of famous film footage. I think he's the guy that, like, at the end of the battle, he's, he's holding an AK, like, looking at right, it. Right, yeah. And it's a good interview with him, and he was like, I was so fucking exhausted. I was up for four days. Like, I couldn't walk. I was so, like, all I could do was look at something. So that's why he's, like, sitting down looking at a gun, because he's just, like, he can't do anything else. He's so exhausted. But I believe he, um, or one of his compatriots, who was an officer, um, he was in charge of the security for the Morgan Stanley office uh, in the World Trade Center. And he ended up dying um, in those attacks. And uh, there's a very famous um, thing with him where uh, they were going down the stairs from uh, whatever floor they were on. They, I think they were just below where one of the planes hit. And all these people were afraid they didn't know what was going on. you know. And he just started singing the uh, national anthem. And all these other people started singing the national anthem. Then you have like 2,000 people going down a staircase singing the national anthem and it calmed everybody down and it got them to the, you know, um, lobby and it saved their lives. You just got to wonder, like, did he do that in the drain? You know, was that a way that he just like, oh my God, like, how am I going to deal with this, you know, imminent death or whatever, you know, like, what do you do in a time of crisis? Yeah, it's like you have to, you know, you have to realize why you're there because I think some people the problem with why you know these guys are in these horrible situations and they you know lose their lives or whatever is that they kind of lose their sense of purpose and they forget why they're there in the first place and it's like and it, you know there could be any number of reasons but i think for a lot of them it's like you know they're just proud to be americans like they just had probably a lot of them had strong national identity and i'm sure a lot of them were you know despite going like through such country. a horrible thing yeah like any country exactly like you know you know, I, I actually spinning off of that um, to what I to, to, to take exactly what you said. I, I, I believe in all that. I have pride in where I was born and what I do and, and where I live, I guess. But I fucking hate fucking hate the fucking squad dying on that fucking hill going i'm so glad i could die for my country tell my wife <laughs> yeah i love her <laughs> i fucking hate <laughs> fucking hate that it's so cliche uh, it's every hollywood yeah. war bullshit i never I totally agree fu- I, oh it cringes me tell it my cr- mr apple pie uh, like 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 you had that you had that it's like it's like you had that in the hand or you had that in your hand and then you just smashed it against the wall with cliche yeah. like just fucking oh my god like it's like you know a dying scene is if you're going to do a cliche at least do it wade from saving private ryan that's emotional not I fucking, oh yeah Wade's I, I wish i could perfect. die for my yeah i wish i could die for my, i'm glad i could die for my country Ugh. Tell yeah, it's my like wife, I love her. I Ugh. think that mentality of like the oh, I'm glad I died for my country, like is always going to come or like well, that, I, I witnessed well, this, that, I did well, this that, for my country. That, it's going to come after. That right, whole, but that, see, but, but see that that see you could maybe tie that into the negative of that movie of the negative of Vietnam as well. Yeah, because it's like they're trying. I understand why they fucking did it, but it just doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't take away the fact that it's so fucking awful. Uh, that that is that is the one thing that uh, well let's get on the negatives that's i'm already there so let's fucking go. i've been holding <laughs> this in okay Switching so like, gears. it's that it's that fucking I, thing of, i just want to add go for it uh just about the whole you know hollywood really gets death scenes wrong i mean not that i've seen a lot of them but growing up i've always been curious just to real human footage and you know i watch a lot of vietnam war footage and stuff and um I try to, you know, try to listen to real conversations when I write my own scripts. And um, I was caught a random clip on like National Geographic a few weeks ago about like these uh, drug dealers fighting um, FARC in Colombia. And uh, they're on a patrol and they hit with like a withering crossfire and they're all on the ground. And this one dude takes like four bolts to his chest and he's bleeding out and he's dying. And he's all his last words were, fuck, they killed me. And he's dead. Not like, oh, I fought for my Bogota village. It's like, you know, it's just 
the realization that like, oh my God, I'm shot. And that's all that your shock lasts for, you know? Yeah. So like real deal last, you know, sentences are just very practical, very like situational, you know? Yeah. You, most of the time, you, unless you're lingering, and this is a horrible conversation, just to God the blade and stuff, but like, you know, you're not going to have the time to reflect and think about that. You right. Know? It's like, not like the Psalm where it's like, we're going over the top boys. Here's my letter to my wife. Right, my adjutant's right. going to send it, you know, tell her she's a bitch. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not like that. It's like, you know, it's just a, a human realizing what's happened to them. And then, oh, okay. It's like, like, gone. like I, I, I do not, I do not doubt that that has, that that is something that someone has done. I absolutely, totally, totally get that. It just... I, I don't know. It, it just it like it like rubs me. It's a little propaganda ish. Yeah, the, yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Thank you, Peter. I was trying to find the words. It feels like propaganda. Like this is an American movie, and we're going to do American things, and we're proud because you know California or California fucking country apple pie, like uh country and like exactly what you just said. It's just like uh, that. It just it just felt very forced. It felt like okay, we need a patriotic line to get the rednecks all jumped up and hollered and you know wet dream and all that kind of stuff. Let's go country. You, you, you kind of have to expect that from war movies, especially around that time. Like there wasn't really like an artistic that, take on. You know war what? Movies. You know what? You just said it. That's writing off a of nine eleven. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you just said Patriot. it. Okay. That that makes okay. That makes the that, okay. The Patriot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but if you want to talk about propaganda, like bullshit. I mean, you took you look at like every Russian war movie that comes out. Nowadays. Oh, I know. Oh, oh, I know. Yeah, they're just oh, to counter that though. Hours. Not not to go with a commie trope, you know. No, uh, I I every I American took a film very better red than dead. Like the Battle of San Pietro, probably one better of dead the than red. There we go. Filmed Second World War like docudrama movies. It was all propaganda. Yeah, it was all shot like two weeks after the battle. You know, with like uh, just random combat footage and stuff. Red Dawn. And uh, yeah, you know, like all of those wartime movies, just um, it's all state propaganda. You know, people are always quick to forget that the West had propaganda too. Like, oh, we still have fucking propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean we did? Well, no, we but I'm just, just, yeah. But yeah. I just, everyone is like, oh, well, you know, those goddamn communist red sons of... It's like, oh my God, dude. Like, you know, it's, there's two sides to every coin. Yeah. Oh, for so, sure. I just want to counter that. Right, writing, <laughs> Shoot it down whenever you can. No, that's fine. <laughs> I, writing off another negative, something that I cannot, I cannot watch. I cannot watch. I have to, I, 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 I've watched this movie three times this last week because I wanted to like wow. really kind of, well, I, I like the, the last two times I was like cleaning and having it on the background so I could just keep an eye on it and see if there's anything else I missed. But like I had to physically skip uh, that fucking scene with all the wives together in a room and oh, her going, yeah. and her going, I don't understand. It said whites only like, how am I supposed to launder? I'm like, what yeah. fucking <laughs> rock have you been living under your whole entire fucking life? You you literally like a twenty three year old woman. You should know what the fuck this is, yeah. and like like that 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 is so. I understand the reason why to put it in there because you want it's something that our world had not been used to since you know segregation and all that stuff, and it's like you know. I, I understand the reasoning why you just could have picked a different way to do it other than a dumb hit going, I don't understand. They said just whites only like, yeah, how am I supposed to launder my clothes? Like, I would have, yeah, I have to skip it. I have to skip. I'm just like, this is the home front. Scene. Can't do it. Scenes were interesting for a few points. First, it was interesting to see a sixties, you know, home front for the Vietnam war. Where they're not like, you know, FTA, you know, like screw the war. Or like we shouldn't be in it because it's so early on. Um, it was really cool to see um, Western Union delivering the uh, KIA and yes. KIA notices. Yeah, and yeah, if, yeah. People yeah, probably yeah. don't know this, but that was really that was the service that did it from World War One, World War Two. I mean, I, I think even till today, Western Union always delivered the um, the killed in action and the wounded in action notices. And uh, during the Second World War, the uniform for the um, Western Union guys was green. 
they would be bicycle guys because rationing or whatever. And like women would see them and run away. Like, you know, they're like, no, you're not paying that on me. Like, no, fuck you. There's actually a really good scene in A League of Their Own where like this, uh, they're in the locker room and this Western Union boy walks in and all these women are like, oh God, no, not me. And the guy's like fumbling with the letters like, oh, who's this name? It's just, you could see the look of terror on their faces. So it was very interesting to have that, especially like in a Vietnam War context, because, you know, we can all see a million dudes get shot on screen and, you know, I died for Uncle Sam. But to see the, you know, Telegraph come home and just the horror on the wives' faces is interesting. That see now, but that, that, but, but those, those scenes are fine. I'm not I hope I, I want to make sure I clarify. I'm not bitching about those. I'm just bitching about that one scene. Oh, well, here's where I'm agreeing with you, though. Oh, okay. So but that token, you know, I mean especially today in the post George Floyd era, you know, we are having a reckoning on just America's past as far as social relations. And it's just hard for a lot of people to come to terms with how bad it was for certain segments of the population for so long, you know, I mean, Asians, and it's unfortunately again today that's happening, you know, all this horrible Asian crimes and hate for no reason. But, you know, I mean, black and brown people, during the time of this film just were shit on for just the color of the skin so to to approach that and especially if you think about it you know people that wrote this are all white so they're trying to approach it from a, a viewpoint where it's not as bad as it was but there's like no medium ground here you know it's just they made it like that because there's really no right answer but they wanted to include it at least how I saw it you know mm-hmm. yeah I, I mean you could go full Jim Crow South and just <laughs> show how horrible it was. Right. But like, what purpose does that serve, you know? I don't think that the scene was good, you know? I'm not justifying it, but mm-hmm. it's just a very hard subject, and especially for Americans to, to tackle because, it's, you know, the Vietnam War is such a tangled-up piece of shit as far as U.S. history and how many, you know, just things are built into it when you talk about the subject, you know? Like, you, it's not something you're talking about at a party. Like, oh, you know, what's up, Jeff? Oh, well, you know, I was thinking about how horrible Hawaii was. or You know, it's just it's not a subject you bring up. Like, it's, it's like the equivalent of just like, how's your dead wife doing? You know, yeah. it, it's just it, it just doesn't work. And the same thing for, you know, our troubled racial relations in our past. You know, it's just like it's not something you want to bring up at a party. No. So, yeah. You know, and there's no good way to do it. And kind of, you know, politics aside, but kind of on that on that on that note, I think that the way the story was portrayed almost kind of tried to encompass too much of what was going on during that time period, like having the whole home front aspect of it. I almost would have, I, I think I would have loved the movie a lot more if it focused on just like one character's experience, kind of like how Sam Mendes filmed Jarhead. I mean, he was just focusing on Swafford, which Swafford was a real guy. Like he was a real scout sniper in the Marine Corps. I almost think that if they did that, like, say, for Mel Gibson's character or even just some private first class who was in the Battle of La Durang, just focusing on him and his individual experience and his interpretation of what was going on then, I almost feel like that probably would have, you know, hit the nail on the head a little harder with what they were trying to express with the movie. It did jump around a lot because you have Galloway, you have Moore, you have Plumley. Awesome, by the way. Sir. Uh, and yeah. played so well. Custard was a um, pussy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. The, the name, I think Sam Elliott. I, I'm probably getting that wrong, but the uh, the actor that plays him is so good. Fucking, That's the guy fucking, from... He's the cowboy in Big Lebowski. Just so <laughs> yeah, he is. I forgot. Yeah, that yeah. was also coming off a of wild herb or the wild herb thing with he's one That's of the right. Yeah, or tombstone, yeah. right? Tombstone. Thank you. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, yep. not, yeah. Now is that wild herb or am I totally wrong? That's the Earp brothers. Okay, Earp brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like that, that he, he, he's he. In my mind, he's Plumley. He's always been Plumley. And, well, um, when, when, um, when, when, and, and like and like and like writing good writing good dialogue for someone like that. I get it. He's a very two cut you know black and white kind of character it's old rough fucking world war ii vet now doing done, done korea and in vietnam so i get it. it's very a lot more a lot less world war ii too, multi-dimen- I yeah i said world, world war II, yeah, it was world war ii and korea, oh, I heard korea. yeah yeah well world war ii korea and uh and yeah, now vietnam 
and he because he has an 82nd airborne patch on his uh on his yeah. uniform um i think sicily was his he, first jump. it was sicily i think i think i think in the line is like sicily something else normandy and then uh Holland. old salerno he, he has four jumps so whatever that is well, that's how many of the airborne the uh, ac can have yeah yeah except he, for yeah yeah he he um i mean he has such great lines like you know like how do you know what kind of goddamn day it is and uh what are you the fucking weatherman (laughs) my favorite yeah that was great it was that's you know being around army guys my whole life too like it's so that that it nails it perfectly i mean whoever uh, whoever was writing that definitely knew army guys to to the t especially world war ii vets i feel like Um, my favorite line from him is meeting after meeting a ton of them in my life and he was like, uh, you know, I'm not going to carry one of those pieces of crap. He talking about the M16, and he's like, if I need one, <laughs> there'll be enough lying around. The Mattel like, 16. Yeah, that's a combat vet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Mattel toy. But uh, it's and it's funny. I guess when the director wrote the scripts for this, he had um, that actor in mind for that role. He's like, no one else can play him. Like, if I cannot cast Sam Elliott as you know, um, plumly, then I'm not going to make the movie. It was literally like a, a hard stop for him. And, uh, and, I, and, and I, I would have to agree with him on that. Cause I, can't I, see anyone I, else I playing too. there's not many people who could pull it off. Yeah. You, and apparently the actor and the family, the plumly family got really close. Cause like, you know, this is back 20 years ago. And what plumly, plumly, the real plumly died. I looked it up. The plum, the real died plum. Oh, yeah. The real plumly died in 2012. So that he had about, 12 years after of uh of of uh of relationship with the family i believe and uh i also looked up that colonel hal moore died in 2017 i remember um, that yeah. yeah unfortunately and joe galloway's still alive um um weirdly i i hold on i guess we're at to random i guess we'll go to random facts real quick um and then we'll jump back to where, where we're kind of trying to steer ourselves going but um Joe Calloway married for about five years, I think. No. Yeah, about five years. Um, I'm trying to... Uh, you probably wouldn't know the name. Tom Tom Mazurk is the, is the real guy. And he was played by uh, the guy in... Um, that was another thing with uh, with looking back at this movie and realizing how many starter roles there are for main stars in major movies recently. John Hamm. John Hamm. Um, the yeah. guy who was next to John Hamm on the radio is the captain who gets shot in the helicopter and he, uh, after giving up his seat. That guy. The guy who plays in the Marvel. He was um, the Marvel starter. The he was the guy the agent starting up the Marvel universe of all those movies. Oh damn! I, I can't remember his name. Didn't know that. Um, but it's the guy who gives up his seat and then he gets shot and then they grab him and he flies away, but he's dead. That guy's daughter married uh, Joe Galloway for five years after a reunion. Wow. Which was a little. That's a huge age gap huh. if I do my math right. It's about twenty years of an age gap. <laughs> somebody at my work who uh, her husband is thirteen years old and she is. It's yeah. like, uh, yeah, yeah I, the general I, rule I, is five, but love is love. <laughs> right, right. I mean, like, I read that. I read that, and I was like, oh, I wonder if they're still together. And I looked it up, and it was like, nope, five years later, it's divorce. And now he's married to, um, I think, a, v- a Vietnam woman. Um, but he's... Um, Vietnamese. He, uh, thank you, yeah. <laughs> he, um, he, uh, he's... he's <laughs> Joe Galloway's funny. He um he got pulled over by one of our um That's right common friends. About that. Yeah, he got pulled over and he uh our friend like took his ID and he's like you he took his ID and he's like, Oh shit. <laughs> this is Joe Calloway. Well, didn't he like <laughs> he, write him a ticket? He wrote him a, he, he, he wrote him a ticket. Like, yeah, he wrote him a ticket. That was it. He wrote him a ticket and then he realized who it was and he and I think and I believe he he tore it up and said you are totally fine. It was a minor offense. I'm an I'm an idiot. <laughs> you can Yeah, go. he pulled him over again. Yeah. It, like, you know, well, let him like right. pull him over, gave him the ticket right. and then his dispatcher was like, "You idiot. You just gave Joe Galloway a speeding that's ticket." Right. I forgot and he's about like, that. "Oh, I fucked up." And yeah. then he pulled him over again and Galloway was like, "What are you doing?" And he goes, I'm sorry, sir. And he ripped up his ticket. <laughs> That's right. That was it. That was what made it hilarious, right? Yeah. 
it was just like and he's a vietnam well not he's a story you know like mm-hmm. a historian as well so it's yeah. funny that he would screw that up i mean we all get things wrong but i mean we <laughs> all we all by we, cop twice that's never a good thing yeah we all we all have so much history in our heads some of it falls out so you know it's true it's fine um um but yeah i mean like you know that that was one of the the cool things of doing kind of doing a deep dive on stuff but um i don't know I, i'm trying to rack my brain if there's anything else um uh, well, I know that Nathan, you yeah. like this, and uh, for those that don't know, Nathan is a huge Mel Gibson fan, and especially the 1980s series of films, uh, uh, Lethal yes. Weapon. Do you really want to jump? Do you want to? There's an interesting connection between this film and uh, one of the Lethal Weapons, and I forget which film um, the character that Mel Gibson plays says i fought in the battle of ladrang and my buddy took a bayonet for me yeah uh no that no that's that's murtaugh uh murtaugh took took the, yes yeah, oh that's right yeah you're right holy crap yep. i just made that connection yeah murtaugh murtaugh uh buddy who is the father of the woman who jumps out of the uh building sorry this is like this is like this is kind of like my life right now. So this is like all <laughs> lethal weapons. All you jump out of a building? Out. Yeah. We call oh, God, someone? dude. Dude, when I'm fucking eight years old and I see titties flying, all right? Like, that's the first <laughs> thing I gravitate to when you're eight years old, all right? So, but, 1998 uh, was a spectacular year. Uh, but no, um, uh, I... I I yeah I I have had to contain myself. I'm a huge Mel Gibson fan, Peter. So there you go. I'm siding with you on that. There we go. Um, but yeah, no, like like Lethal Weapon and me are are pretty. It's it's always funny because um, it, you know Mel Gibson being in a Vietnam movie always makes me laugh because it's just like you know I'm always thinking about him They're being a sniper from Lethal Weapon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love those movies. I I can't I don't want to start talking because they won't give me a shut up. But I fucking love those movies. Those movies are fantastic, and people can yell. Let's at keep me all it to want. one Mel Gibson film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, can, we, about we can we can go we can go back to historical science. inaccuracies. We can talk about Braveheart. We can talk about Apocalypse Now. We can talk about Hacksaw Ridge. We can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mad Max isn't a historical, fa- at least not yet. No. Um, Freedom, yeah, yeah. Or you know, Sterling Bridge without a fucking bridge. Like, <laughs> do you even bridge? Do you even bridge, bro? Oh, Gallipoli. I mean, he wants streets. That's I just rewatched that uh, <laughs> right after we were soldiers. It recommended Gallipoli. I was like, I've never seen this. I was like, I'm going to watch soundtrack it. I was like, by New and, Order. And I was ready. I was like, I was like, I remember Brian telling me the soundtrack. The music's really bad. I was like, it can't be that bad. And you know, like, and then it, and then I was like, it got back to like the ve- like it it, ha- it like went through the the. The, what, is, what are they called? They're called simps or no? That's simps. That's a different thing. Simps, simps, simps. Simps. <laughs> yeah, simps or something different. What's what? Where the what's the what's the that's the thing that you put your hand in between and changes the electronic? Oh, like a, a heart or, or, or a S Y M T H. What, say it like again. No, you talk about the Sim. thing that you like hover your hand in between and it yeah. changes the pitch. It's like a harm of oh, a of, that's an old instrument too. Yeah, no, it's from yeah, it's super old. Like the 50s. I, yeah. I, okay, old. so I'm a huge 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 synth guy. Like I love old classic Dude, synth. I love synth. <laughs> I want an MS20 so bad. Oh my god. Oh my god. Dude, I used to it, play one. My buddy I, had one. It, oh, so it, cool. The fucking, the fucking the fucking time the the scene always running trying to save his friend. It's like I just think it's so interesting. I don't know. It sounds bad, but like it's so higher. It's so much louder than the rest of the movie. It is. We'll have to review that in the future. Yeah, that's that. Write that down. That and and you add a Mel Gibson scream, a guttural scream to any movie. I'm just like, yes. I almost think it's so bad that I also love it. Like I don't know. There's something about it. It wasn't a bad. Well, the music was bad. But but like if if this then then we'll. Well, I thought part. it was a good movie, also, but I don't but, know, like, but like, but like the movie stuff. is fantastic. Oh, yeah. I loved the movie. I loved everything about it, even though it was sometimes slow. And uh, but, but like, I didn't, I didn't get bored. Like, no, there's some yeah. dialogue when slow movies goes. You're just like, oh my god, Facebook, hello, phone, here we go. You know, like, you know, yeah. like, yeah. like, but like, I never like got bored at the of the movie. Um, the ending though, I was not ready for. I was not expecting. That. I was like, he's gonna make it. Uh, Oh nope. Uh, oh, that's well, Gallipoli for you. Uh, oh, <laughs> nobody, oh. nobody makes it out of you know. What were those little like uh, water water pressure things they made when they were doing their their massive retreat? I forgot. There's a name for it. Water pressure thing. It was this. So it was two when the Australians and the Brits were 
on that massive retreat when they were withdrawing from Gallipoli, they 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 set up a, like a bunch of SMLEs on the edge of the trenches, and they had oh a, that's like right a, they yeah. poured water oh. they had water drip into a cup, and it would like activate so it it would it tricked the Ottomans. Oh oh, oh this is like a real right historical this is a real yeah. historical fact yeah. something that I don't know anything about okay. That, I, I don't. I don't know anything about Gallipoli. The campaign the was shitty, ever. but then the retreat was amazing. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. they Brits really know how to pull out. I tell you, they really do. Oh, 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 sex joke. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the Falcons. But um, <laughs> before they took it back, but um, I think we could talk about this stuff for hours. You know, um, so let's just try to you know bring it back to we were soldiers. So. Overall, you know, out of 10, 10 being, you know, the best movie ever in your opinion. And I could say any number of films and that means a different thing to all of us. So just, you know, 10 is the most pure movie making thing you could think of. You know, one is the worst. Uh, how did you guys rate this film? Uh, Peter, I'll hand it off to you. I if, I if I had to give it my honest rating, I'd probably give it, a, I'd probably give it a solid six. And that's probably on a good day. I just think mostly due to the fact that it was one of the first war movies I ever saw. Um, I just think that the, maybe this the, the writing and the, you know just how the how the movie. I don't. I I almost wish the movie wasn't written around the you know the whole war and patriotism aspect of it, rather than the, the actual stories that the, the that these soldiers had. So yeah, I'd say probably a six. Nathan? Oh god. This is a hard one for me just because of, you know, nostalgia always, you know, unfortunately rates high. Um I don't know. Rose colored glasses, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It like you know it's it's hard because, you know, I, I, I hold it in such high regard in my memories, but going back and watching it this time around there were some things that I really loved and there were some things that really stuck out to me that didn't either that I that didn't age well I guess for me um and and, and I don't mean age well as in like I was insulted just I just didn't like about it um I would have to say I I, I would have to say with everything the 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 for me, you know, CGI, VFX, props, everything like that always holds really high for me. So I, I would have to say I'd give it a 7.5 screaming Mel Gibson's out of 10. Um, and that's <laughs> and that's just because, you know, it, it, it Mel Gibson, although I am biased, he, I think he stands out as one of the one of the better actors in that whole entire thing. Even the B listing actors are pretty good. Props are amazing. Props out for an MG34. Um, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, visual effects are great. Uh, the, the, um, physical, you know, um, I'm not using the word right. The, the, the real effects versus the CGI effects were, are, are fantastic. Um, and it, it aged well. So, I mean, like I, I'd have to give it about a 7.5, probably a total of like zero, zero to 10, 7.5. It, it's pretty, it's pretty stuck up there on my if you told me, you know, what Vietnam movie should I watch? I'd be like intro level. I'd, I'd watch this, you know? Yeah. I kind of agree with both of you. I mean, it's hard to judge anything because judging is subjective. You know, what do you take away from it? It's kind of like what we were talking about earlier with like, you know, war is personal because it's what you experience and what you walk away with. I mean, there's a lot of things I could say about this film, even more detail. I mean, you know, there's a lot of historical inaccuracies like Broken Arrow. That's a nuke that got stolen. The Vietnam War term was prairie fire. You know, if you wanted all the ordnance dropped on top of you right now, you yelled prairie fire and with no other radio signs into the radio. And you got, you know, everything on station, you know, as support. Um, I mean, this movie also only tells half the story of the Battle of the Drain. Um, this is LZ X-Ray. There also was LZ Albany, which went on for another few days and even more Americans got killed. You know, I mean, I understand that you, you can't tell like a, you know, four day battle, five day battle in, you know, two hours, but it's, it's something to take into consideration and really weighing the film. That said, it really has always been a middle of the road film for me as far as war and for Vietnam. And, 
you know, I have to really agree that like if I'm gonna if somebody's really interested in Vietnam War movies, they've never seen anything, they'll be like, you know what, watch We Were Soldiers. Not because it's like about the first battle of the war. Like that's a good, you know, starting point anyway, but just because it it just does a good job at what it was made for. Just to, you know, tell a story about the Vietnam War in you know, home front and overseas. So yeah, if I had to to give it a rating, I'd have to say six point five. Just because it's, you know, it, it's not a bad movie. It's not like a excellent, you know, end all, like in my opinion, like Paths of Glory or something like that. Like, oh my God, like you couldn't do anything to make this better. You would just make it worse. But it's just a great middle of the road film. Like if you want to enjoy it, if you just like want to watch about Vietnam, like if you just want something to throw on that you'll get enjoyment out of, you will at some point of this film, like be happy that you watched it. You know, there's sure. not really many the yeah. factors. I, I I would have to say it's like it's it's very hard for me to go like you know I fucking don't like this. Like it's very hard for me to do that. And I I always I I I, I my first my first always thing for a movie any movie is did it entertain me? And it, this movie entertains. It's you know we're we're persnickety we're we're history nerds we're film nerds where everything we pick apart stuff but like in the end like someone poured their heart and soul into this thing on all different fronts editing practical effects physical effect or practical effects cg effects editing directing everything like this is someone this was someone they poured their soul into and and you got to respect that and so you know that these this 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 is a good movie overall i think it's fantastic for sure yeah it's just hard to shit on i agree with you you know, I mean, we could pick it apart, like I was just saying, but it's just at the end of the day, it just it does what it was made for. You know, it's it's a Vietnam War film. That, that's it. You know, um, it's not like Red Tails, yeah. which is just horrible uh, because it's horrible. Good. Yeah, <laughs> sad. We need better films about you know minorities in war. It just pisses me off. Yeah. But uh. So yeah, drum roll. I think that we can all agree that this film is a 6.75 out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> Do the math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, until the next time, guys. Scuttlebutt out. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a rating. Otherwise, Mel Gibson won't stop screaming. If you like this content, make sure to check out our Facebook YouTube, and Instagram pages. If you want to directly support our work, make sure to check out our Patreon. All these links are in the description below. Until the next time, Scuttlebutt out.